This is Heather Tutrangelo, and I believe that no one and no situation is ever too far gone. to the very first podcast that I'm about to record for Never Too Far Gone, a podcast about systemic renewal. I'm Heather and I'm sitting in my home this morning and just as I was about to begin recording this podcast, somebody very close to the house began to soar into some wood very loudly and there are some very noisy screechy sounds suddenly in the background and at first I found myself so annoyed by that I thought oh it's just about to start recording the podcast and now I'm not sure if you can hear it but um it's very loud and then I found myself thinking wow that's literally a background sound of rebuilding the process of building something and That's exactly what systemic renewal is. It's about rebuilding broken systems. And it's about the uh, very effortful, messy, sometimes complex, sometimes exhausting, sometimes seemingly impossible task of picking up broken pieces and, and starting to put a new picture together. Uh, by repurposing and reprogramming and redesigning out of what's gone before. So I decided to keep the background noise interruptions in this podcast as a little symbolic reminder of what we're on about, which is the noisy, interrupting, sometimes uncomfortable, but ultimately beautiful work of leading change. But before uh, I explain a little more about that, I just want to start by saying that my vision for this podcast is that it will be a kind of uh, little piece of peace for you in your week, uh, that it will go for absolutely no more than half an hour and that it will include space for music and reflection and for you to kind of take a pause, take a breath and have... um, just a little bit of content, some stories, some some a little bit of academic content around renewal to kind of fuel you, um, to be food for your journey, but also just a moment to pause and reflect on your experience this week, what's happening for you, what's happening around you, what are you noticing in your leadership uh, of change or of renewal. And so um, before we begin, let me just encourage you to relax into the moment, um, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you're driving, maybe you're going to take your dog for a walk, maybe you will listen to this while you're doing housework, that's okay. Um, Finding a pause doesn't always have to look like a, a stressful discipline. Um, I'm really into rhythms that work for you, work for you. And so uh, you fit a little moment to feed your soul into whatever works for you in your life patterns and priorities right now. 
And my encouragement, as I'm going to be providing this little pause for thought once a week, is to use it, if it's useful for you, as a moment in your week that's just for you to stop and reflect and to have your bucket a little bit more filled. So maybe as you move into this moment, um, take a breath, take a moment to just put aside whatever it is that is next on the to-do list or uh, whatever it is that is unresolved right now for you or whatever it is that perhaps is worrying you at the moment. And bring yourself into this moment and take a moment to notice who you are today, how you feel today, and how you're bringing yourself to the world today. What I really wanted to share to launch this series was the, the most important story in my life behind systemic renewal. In time, I want to share the basic principles of systemic renewal with you, what I've learned from my research. Uh, but before I do that, just today, I want to share the backstory, uh, not the whole story, because there is just way too much that I could tell in one sitting, but the, the most important story for me behind how this all started. And in fact, it began when I was 12 years old, long before I ever knew I would do many of the things I've done in my life and long before I ever thought I would study a PhD in systems change and renewal, long before I would be holding onto that word renewal at the very center of my, my own story and my own calling. Uh, so I was 12 years old and I found a book one day that was just lying around in my home. And it was a small chapter book that told the life story of St. Francis of Assisi. And I found myself um, picking up this book and sitting down and reading through it in one whole setting. I I just could not put it down and I read it cover to cover, which was very unusual for me because I was not a reader. Um, unlike my daughter, who is nine years old now, she's a massive reader and um, she practically eats books. Uh, and I absolutely was not that child. I didn't really discover a love of reading until, um, until I was an adult, really. Uh, and so... This was strange, and I also wouldn't say that I was particularly interested in the lives of saints or a particularly religious child. I was growing up in a very religious home, uh, but I, I wouldn't have said that at 12 years of age I was that way. In fact, I was a very social, very extroverted uh, child who did not sit and read books. But the story of this man's life and the way it was written in this book just absolutely fascinated me. And there was one moment in it that particularly stood out to me and really touched my little 12-year-old heart. And it grabbed me and I haven't been able to put it down since. So the story is that Francis was a, a young man in a process of renewal after he had been 
a soldier in a civil war uh, where his side had lost the war and he had been a prisoner of war for over a year and he had returned home uh, psychologically and physically unwell and he had also returned home to an abusive father so his home life wasn't safe and his spirit was broken and he was trying to work out how to move forward in his life and what the purpose of his life really was. And in the midst of all of this turmoil and struggle and trauma healing, he finds himself wandering a lot through the forest outside of the town that he grew up in. This is in the 13th century. So Francis of Assisi, Assisi is in Italy, finds himself wandering through the forest and just questioning everything and trying to work out what his purpose is. And he stumbles into a little chapel that nobody's really using anymore. It's uh, in disrepair. And this is not a strange thing because people often in this time in history, and to, to an extent this is still uh, visible around parts of Europe today, uh, people would build little private chapels um, to dedicate to a particular saint or, or for a particular uh, person's memory. And often they they would become, um, over time, neglected and, and, and used. So this in and of itself wasn't particularly strange that Francis finds himself in a little building that's falling apart. The walls are crumbling roof is coming in. But the story goes that the moment in his life when he started, his direction started to change, was that he was sitting in this little chapel that was falling apart all around him. And the story goes that he believes God spoke to him in this moment or he had a, a moment of connection with a higher power that spoke to him the words, Francis, can't you see my church is in ruins? Rebuild my church. So I read this and that word rebuild grabbed my heart and I have not been able to put it down since. I was thinking this morning about this moment in my life and why this word rebuild was so important to me. And I guess what I could say is that even at 12 years of age, I had already experienced collapse. I had already experienced some of the adults in my life collapse and not be okay and not be coping with life. And I was also growing up in a church environment that I knew was crumbling and that I knew was in decline and that I knew as a system wasn't working anymore as it once did. So something about the idea that the response to this situation is not that the story's over, is not start again, but is rebuild, start to pick up the pieces 
that are broken and fallen and neglected and forgotten and start to heal and rebuild this broken system. And the thing that strikes me so much still to this day about this moment is that Francis is today such an accessible leader for people of all faiths and none because he was a rebuilder not only of spirituality but also of society, a rebuilder of social equity really at a time where there was dramatic social inequality in medieval Italy. And so I started to become interested in what he did that was so effective in this rebuilding process. And what fascinates me to this day is that the story begins in a very insignificant little place with a very seemingly insignificant little project to physically rebuild this little building that is in disrepair. And the first thing Francis does is physically get that work done. And then he starts to psychologically and spiritually and materially rebuild the fabric of society through his leadership. So today I just wanted to leave with you the thought that the small beginnings and the small projects absolutely matter. And that macro level, sector level, societal level change always begins with a broken heart that is healed in the process of rebuilding a seemingly insignificant, neglected space. So I wanna call this talk today, a disrupted narrative a dilapidated space, a disillusioned corporate. Because this, these are the three layers of systemic renewal that we see in the story. They're also the three layers that we focus on in what will be launched next year, the Academy of Systemic Renewal and the process of rebuilding that we'll be practising. So the first is a disrupted narrative. The story Francis had always told himself about himself about his identity, about his future, about his sense of belonging and who he was and what he had come from, was falling apart. So his own narrative is disrupted and in need of rebuilding. Second, a dilapidated space, a physical space in a small town, in a small community that affects only a small number of people is the starting place of world change. So counterintuitive, and yet somehow caring about the small details is how we change the big details. And lastly, a disillusioned corporate. I like to use the word corporate. I know we use it today to refer to business and finance, but it comes from the Latin word that just means body, a body of people, the corporate. And Francis also lived in a time where the larger body of people around his story and around this little story of this building in Assisi was disillusioned with the power structures around them. 
where the degree of hypocrisy and the degree of corruption had begun to expose itself. And this had become a catalyst for transition away from an acceptance of the feudal system as necessary and normal and the beginnings of an emerging merchant class. So what we're going to do now is move into a time of reflection for you uh, to take a moment to hold on to the pieces in this story that are meaningful for you today and spend some time on whatever it is that's surfacing for you as you've been listening to me share this story. And then we're also going to close with a song because I'm a big believer in the importance of reflective practice and the arts in the process of rebuilding. So I'm going to finish with three questions and leave a nice 30-second pause between each one for you to take a moment to note what it is that stands out for you today. And you might like to journal or write or draw or just take a moment to breathe and reflect. So the first question is about a disrupted narrative. What story have you always believed that is now feeling disrupted? second question today is about a dilapidated space. What physical space in your world right now, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in your neighbourhood, what physical space in your world right now is noticeably dilapidated or neglected? And why is that? And what does that physical neglect tell you about the system. finally, a disillusioned corporate. What larger body of people do you sit within that is right now not disposed to listening to your message or your story or the story of your people or the group or the message that you represent? And if you were to imagine yourself just standing in front of this, symbolically, this, this corporate, this body of people that no longer has ears or capacity to hear what it is you believe is needed. What's the first thing that they would need to trust you?
So this podcast is different and it is going to be different because systemic renewal is different. And whilst systemic renewal has a lot of parallel content and practice uh, that we draw from systems change theory, from pedagogy for change, from critical pedagogies, from narrative transformation and conflict transformation studies, and whilst we draw from a whole range of disciplines, the fundamental assumption, I guess, that I work from is that if an area of change is slow, painful and feeling impossible, if there's something that is just not shifting despite multiple attempts and strategies to shift it, then the first reason will be that the core narratives, the core driving mindsets that sit right at the roots of that issue have not been thoroughly, completely, accurately identified or addressed strategically yet. And sometimes the core blockage to change is a little bit different, a little bit left of centre to what we think it is or what seems to be the obvious barrier. And so to get really good at finding the core mindset issue, the story behind how it got there, and then really strategic at how to help communities and whole societies begin to change their mindsets and patterns of associated behaviours. We start with being exceptionally good at observing what's in front of us as though we're looking at it for the first time, including ourselves. So we have to practice sitting in the rubble of a broken down, crumbling space that seems like it's not maybe even that important. And looking at our own crumbling down, broken spaces inside of us and inside of our colleagues and the people that we work alongside and just probing and reflecting and probing and reflecting until the core issue rears its face. And so my approach to this podcast is going to be to simply encourage a half hour space of guided reflection. And so I will conclude each time, uh, including now, with a song. And I'm going to encourage you to go back over everything you've been reflecting on in the last 20 minutes, whether you've been journaling, whether you've just been turning it over in your mind, and just stay with the one thought or the one reflection that had the most energy, whether it was the most annoying or frustrating or the most intriguing to you, and sit with it and observe it. And I look forward to seeing you next week.
The Academy of Systemic Renewal is based in Melbourne, and so we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging.